Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God on our lives. The title of this message is Different Perspectives, the Same Messaging. Another way of saying it is that in all that we do, let it be for the building up of the Bride of Christ. If it is not building her, then we probably shouldn't be doing it. So I've done some messaging on preaching the gospel, the purpose of the church, the fivefold ministry, and how to specifically equip the saints for the work of ministry via talents, strengths, personality, and spiritual gifts and office callings. In fact, much of this may be found in the church purpose message, but don't hold me to that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four of the five gospels, as some consider the book of Acts a gospel, are written by four very different men. And in fact, I guess we today could look at this like Jesus was saying, don't go outside of what these four guys have already said. Yes, I'm a firm believer that if you are an authentically born-again believer, then you too could write a book and place it in the Bible. John 20, 30, 21, 25. Now, I'm not saying that you should do this as it is complete enough for us to run way hotter than most of us are currently running. What I'm doing is fighting against the mindset that is so restrictive when it comes to the Bible that the poor believer who is infected begins to operate in a ministry of correction. I liken this behavior to a soldier who, when on the field of battle, questions every call that his superior is making rather than just doing what he says. It is my belief that if we spent more time doing and less time correcting, then perhaps we would be way more effective and helpful to the world. And no worries. Christianity would not fall apart because we have less scriptural police. Just saying. So now that I have ranted in an encouraging way, I hope, we can move on to my support for this type of thinking and perhaps even learn specifically that the church is not in a soul-winning race to preach the gospel to every human being on the planet, but, but that we are to do more than that. And yes, I say to the preachers, bless their hearts, have taken over the church world and placed so much of an emphasis on winning souls that we are so very ineffective at actually making disciples. It's in other messages. So what this does is all but eliminate the need for churches to actually get in the dirt with the people they win and bring about the necessary changes in their lives so that they can go into soul battle alongside of them. Look at how each of the disciples share the same story, emphasizing different elements, so as to serve us a fuller picture of what we should be doing. Matthew twenty four fourteen states, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world, as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. In Matthew 28, 18, 20, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. In Mark 16, 15, 20, it states, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Verse 19. 
So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. How many of you walk in the streets of your neighborhood casting out demons and healing the sick and giving the homeless hope and a reason to cast off their cloak of bondage and kick the wheelchair to the side? We don't see it because you're not ready to be it. In Luke 24, 45-53, it states, And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, And thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Do you have the power to preach the gospel? I mean the Holy Spirit power and anointing that Jesus, your King, promised that you would receive after he ascended. John sixteen seven. If you don't believe the word of God, then you can believe anything you want, but you had better have the Holy Spirit with you and in you when you do the work of God, if you do believe. To believe Jesus lied and didn't mean what he said comes from the ignorantly blind grasshoppers of religion. Now don't raise your hand and dispute this because then we will know it's you. Just continue to walk in blindness hoping an authentically born-again Christian comes along and prays for your spiritual eyes to be open and the stone in your heart to be removed. Ecclesiastes 36.26 So Luke goes on to say, And he led them out as far as Bethany, And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So now in the message on church purpose, I address some things that get in the way of our functioning as we were called to function by Jesus. I want to encourage you to give it an ear when it is published so that you understand what I'm saying when I say that the church is not for anyone, but only for believers and those being saved. I bring it up now because you see what they were doing in verse 53. Do you know how many times I have seen dead wood standing in the church like ancient statues during worship and praise, which is for God more than it is for us? Of course you don't because it's not your role to do so unless you have a similar calling. If anyone calls that the bride of Christ, It may very well be that Jesus goes on eHarmony.com to find another more suitable bride. He will not be unequally yoked to his bride in church. Now look at what you see and tell me he is on his way. Gospel, kingdom, discipleship, salvation, how to live now, equipped to live now. It's the 360 Bible in as much as we only get a glimpse as to what Jesus did. John 20.30 and 21.25 Removing emphasis from any one of these elements is actually removing scripture from the word. Could you imagine our military thinking this way? Hey, you Navy guys, we don't need any boats. Shut down your shop. Or hey to the flyers of the sky. Planes cost way too much, so we are going to transfer you to the army where we need more boots on the ground. You say, Ken, that is just ridiculous, and I would agree it is ridiculous. And yet we do it all the time. The last church I attended, and I know, is probably the only church that did this, and I was committed to it, had an enormous emphasis on soul winning, and although we said all of the right things in terms of making disciples, we were not very successful in reproducing fruit that remained. 
John 15:16. I'm not saying everyone fell away. What I'm saying that is based on the response of the body as the church was shutting down. No, crashing and absolute destruction. It was clear to me that the leadership had failed, and I was a part of that leadership. Looking back, I see what would have helped was to deal with Achan, Joshua 6, 8. That is chapter 6 through 8. And to implement the concept of equipping the saints for the work of ministry, and not just sending everyone out to preach the gospel. Most churches, if they brought in a harvest of just 50 baby Christians, do not have the spiritual parents to raise them kiddlings up. Of course you want evidence, which is exactly what I have, based on my more than three decades in the church, in ministry outside of the church, in life groups, in cell groups, Bible studies, preaching, etc. In plain and simple words, we have a shortage of grown-up mature Christians in our churches. I mean, we are still convincing people in the body to tithe and read the Bible. Is this not for baby Christians to learn? It also seems that 90% of our messages are about winning the lost and not equipping the saved. In some ways, and I know no other way to describe it, but spiritual abortion is happening at a more alarming rate than it ever happened in a clinic or facility. It's time to cut up the cow and serve some bread and meat. So here I see the church like a giant puzzle, and each person represents a piece that is to be placed in a specific location. We all fit somewhere. Jesus didn't start the church to prove to the whole world that something so out of sorts could survive all of time simply because he stated in part in Matthew sixteen eighteen that the gates of Hades would not prevail against it. He actually expects that the bride, his bride, the church, his girlfriend, his wife, eventually, would make herself ready for his return. Revelations 19.7 Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. If we look at Joel 2, 1-11, we see a different church. Verses 8 and 9 hits the nail on the head. Everyone marches in formation, and they do not break ranks. They do not push one another. Everyone marches in his own column. What say you, you say? This sounds like a movie or something. Can you imagine the church, not your little fiefdom, but the whole church of God, taking our role so serious as to unite in one mind, one heart, one soul, and one accord? Acts 14, 2-1, 2-46, 4-24, 4-32, 5-12, 5-25, 2-2, 3.16.4.2, Romans 12.16, 1 Corinthians 1.10, 1 Peter 1.22.4.1, and Colossians 3.15. That we would continue the script which began in the book of Acts. I'll say it again without the scripture interruption. Can you imagine the church, not your little fiefdom, but the whole church of God taking our role so seriously as to unite in one mind, heart, soul, and accord, that we would continue the script which began in the book of Acts. Now see how many scriptures address the sameness and see if you can list a handful of churches operating in the sameness who are not regulated to do so through denominational, non-denominational affiliations. Now I'm not talking about outside the authentic born-again church, although it would seem as though we could extrapolate some of their values and strategies. Perhaps if the bride focused on making herself ready, Jesus would return. 
Surely you know he's not coming back for what it currently looks like today. He's not coming back for a harem, but for a body of believers who are nothing less than dead peeps walking. No personal agenda, no aspirations to build the biggest denomination on the planet, somehow thinking that that is what Jesus called us to. Yes, I will build the biggest blah, blah, blah. The Catholic Church did that, and look at their history of destruction and working against the things of God. God will deal with each one according to their works, so we'll leave it alone. Death is not an escape from the atrocious things we may have committed in the name of God. Unity of heart, mind, focus, mission, on equipping the saints, the soldiers, for the work to fight of ministry in battle with all the firepower and weaponry at their disposal. It is interesting how the soldiers taught and trained with the mindset that they need to be so invested in each other that when in battle there's no question that they would die for one another. Believer and unbeliever alike. Yet in the church, it's difficult to find many around when the bombs start dropping. So let me see if I can bring this home. I love the church and its original purpose. I see it for what it could be. That's how I'm wired. I also believe that Jesus sees what we and it could be, and not just what we are. We have times and seasons, baby to father, milk to meat, which shows us we are all in progress and in different seasons. But this does not excuse us from the reality that the Bride of Christ will make herself ready. If you think your denomination is it, to the exclusion of all others, then welcome to culthood. It is my hope that out of this blabbery, gusty mess, the Bride will, Joel chapter 2 herself, and begin to act as she states she believes. No harem. He's not going to do that. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.